Welcome to The Green Podcast. My name is Dylan Welch. I'm the CEO of Green.org and Dylan Welch Media. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the biggest names and leaders in renewable energy, clean technology, and sustainability so that you can stay up to date with the latest trends and everything that is happening in this world. Not only that, you'll get some action items for your life so that you can apply some amazing things and make your world a better place as well. Let's get the show started. So our first speaker today, we have Nadal Steinmetz, who's going to dive a little bit deeper into the green finance, venture capitalist, and investment world. So Nadal, I'm going to promote you to panelist, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to take the stage. So everyone just give us a second here as Nadav comes on. Let's make sure he's all good to go here. There he is. How's it going, Nadav? Good, fantastic. Thank you, Dylan, and thank you for having me. Of course, thank you. Well, real quick, Nadav and I have known each other for quite some time. Nadav's been on the podcast, and he's just been doing a really, really amazing things ever since I met him. So really excited to have him as a speaker today. So Nadav, I'm gonna let you kind of take over do your thing. I'm going to mute myself and uh, give you the stage. So take it away whenever you're ready. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much, Dylan. I really appreciate being here. And I've been, as Dylan said, we've been working um, closely for, for quite some time. And I've been extremely impressed with all the fantastic work uh, that you guys are doing at thegreen.org. Um, so hi, everyone. I'm Adav Steinmetz. I've been an investor for the last decade, but actually the last three years have been the most interesting part of my career because I've been focused on climate tech. I invest in businesses that disrupt and decarbonize some of the largest industries and markets in the world, from manufacturing to mobility, to materials, to energy, to ag and food and buildings and more, but I'll dig deeper into this uh, later on. The main thing that I'd like to discuss today and take the time is the role, what is the role of innovation in leading the way to net zero emissions and what type of solutions and technologies we should be focused on. But before I get into this, I'm currently dialing in from London where I've been living with my wife and daughter for the last almost four years. As Dylan said, we were supposed to have this conference also in London. But hopefully I'll see you guys in person um, next year. Here in the UK, we've seen firsthand the impacts of climate change on our lives, but also on our economy. And I'll give you one example. The last summer of 2022, on July 19th, it was the hottest recorded day in the history of the UK. So on that day, temperatures have hit over 40 Celsius degrees. So if there's people dialing in from the Middle East, it might not seem very high, and they might think, Who, why, why am I even mentioning this? But for the UK, it's extremely uncommon, um, and this was an extreme heat wave. What was the impact on the economy, you're asking? So first of all, the economy and the infrastructure all over the country is completely outdated. Homes and public transportation are completely devoid of any cooling systems. And the UK government actually that day has an announced a national emergency, asking people to stay indoors and at homes. So think about the levels of productivity going down. Now, I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but let me state the obvious. We all know 
that these extreme heat waves that took place in the UK and has taken place all over Europe and all over the world will only increase in intensity and in frequency um, over time. And innovation is extremely important in allowing us as a civilization to live sustainably on this planet. But I don't want to upset anyone who's listening in. So I also want to say something that is quite obvious as well. Innovation alone is not enough. Reaching net zero emissions by mid-century is a multifaceted challenge that will require us to tackle it from many different angles, from policy to politics, legislation, regulation, government interventions, advocacy groups, and many more. We have to really go about this in any possible way if we want to avoid a climate crisis. However, as I said at the beginning, new technologies are extremely important. I'll give you one example and one statistic that is worth paying attention to. I'll be using a few throughout my talk, but maybe the, the first one might be actually the most interesting one. There is a report published by the IEA, which is the International Energy Agency, that said the following. Existing technologies can cut global emissions by up to 50%. So quite meaningful, 50%. But let's dig deeper. What are they, these existing technologies? So one, we're speaking about solar and wind, which today are cheaper than their fossil fuel counterparts. So if you want to produce on a per kilowatt hour um, uh, PV or wind versus oil or natural gas or coal, it is actually cheaper to produce renewables. Massive achievement. And we have been able to achieve this because of a very meaningful uh, reduction in cost. So the cost of solar and wind over the last 10 years went down 90% and 72% respectively. Massive achievement. And we need to continue to deploy and scale renewables globally. I don't want to overstate this. So today, renewables are about 12% of the total energy production in the world. I believe coal is even over 30%. So there's still a long way to go, but we're on the right path. The second technology that we have to scale is electric vehicles. We're all experts in EVs since Elon Musk became so famous. So I won't talk much about this topic, but electric vehicles are very close to price parity with internal combustion engine cars. This was not the case a couple of years ago. And I would argue, and I think many of you guys would agree with me, many models are actually significantly better. And how big is the market, you're asking? There is over 2 billion cars on the road today, and there's 100 million cars sold every year. So it's very big. It's a very big market. On top of it, in terms of regulation, after 2030 or 2035, in most countries, consumers will not be able to buy engine cars. So this is another important technology. The third one, which is connected also with electric vehicle, is lithium-ion batteries. That's an area that I'm extremely passionate about. My wife always laughs at me that if I start talking about batteries, I cannot stop. So I try to be concise. But we've, we've seen massive improvements in lithium-ion batteries. The energy density 
of those batteries have improved dramatically in the last couple of years. The cost also went down. So the cost of batteries since 2010 to 2020 went down almost 86%. And we've been able to increase the range of the electric vehicles and the charging time. And everything goes back to the energy density of those batteries. So all of those technologies, renewables, EVs, batteries, and many more, we have to scale and deploy globally. And we can reduce global emissions by up to 50%. Okay, but probably many of you wonder what happens on the flip side of things with the remaining 50% of global emissions. So this is what I focus on. And I invest in businesses that can reduce those remaining 50% of emissions. So the remaining 50% of global emissions will be reduced by technologies that are currently in the lab or in the prototype stage. This is mostly related to what is called areas that are hard to abate. Or in simple terms and less fancy expressions, it's things in our economy that are extremely hard to decarbonize. I'll give you two examples. One, heavy industry, and second, long-haul transportation. So in heavy industry, we're talking about the production of steel, cement, plastic. Let's drill down on cement for a moment. Cement alone is responsible for about 8% of total greenhouse gases. Only cement, and I'm not wrong, you can Google it and you can check. Just cement. Now, why is cement such a large contributor to global emissions? The first part is quite obvious. We're using high temperatures and heating, etc. This emits CO2. But the second part is actually because of the chemical compound of cement. So in cement production, we use limestone. As limestone decomposes, it releases CO2 into the atmosphere. This is an area, cement, steel, plastic, that is hard to decarbonize. We need more capital and more founders, most importantly, trying to solve these challenges. The second thing in our global economy that is hard to decarbonize is related to what is called long-haul transportation, shipping, trucking, aviation. There is one example that I like to use, which is related to aviation. If I would like to take a flight, let's say from a transatlantic flight from London and go visit Dylan in San Diego, I have serious doubts whether this will be able to be powered by batteries, even in the future. And I told you before, I'm very passionate about batteries. This is one of my areas that I enjoy the most working on. However, the energy density may not be enough. And the physics just won't work. The weight of the battery will be heavier than the plane itself. So we need to invest in alternative solutions like sustainable aviation fuel and others. So these hard to abate sectors deserves three things, much more attention, much more capital and much more innovation. And then we will be able to reduce significantly global emissions. So we spoke a little bit about innovation. 
I'd like to talk also about the investment opportunity in climate tech, because this goes hand by hand with innovation. There is experts and economists who estimate that from now until mid-century 2050, will have to be invested in the climate transition $150 trillion. $150 trillion. This equates to $5 trillion every year for almost the next 30 years. Massive amounts of capital. Even if they're, even if they're getting this number wrong and it will end up being a third or a half of what they estimate, this will inject tremendous firepower into those climate tech startups that will become market leaders across the entire global economy. And it's important the expression that I'm using, market leaders, and I can perhaps expand on this later on. So we spoke about innovation and we, sp we spoke about capital. The last ingredient is the most important and is the founders and the entrepreneurs. I've seen an unprecedented transition of talent into climate tech. We are extremely active in the European and the UK and the Israeli climate tech ecosystems. And we've seen amazing second time founders, serial entrepreneurs who are deciding that now is their time to enter the climate tech space. And working with some of those founders, who are working on solving some of the greatest challenges of humanity gives me hope and optimism. I haven't said much about myself in the beginning. I jumped straight into innovation and started throwing out numbers, which I hope you remember a few of them. But let me tell you a little bit more about what I do. So I've been an investor for the last decade and the last three and a half years I've been focused on climate tech. I'm the founder and CEO of Nomea, where we invest in early stage climate tech companies that have significant decarbonization potential, but also attractive unit economics, attractive business models, and that can develop into highly profitable and impactful businesses. I'm also the co-founder and managing partner of Climate First, which is a climate tech accelerator currently operating in Israel, working with some of the most promising climate tech companies. We specifically support companies that work in the hard to abate sectors that I've mentioned uh, previously. Climate change is a hardware problem and most of the startups that we work on and help them scale and go to market faster are deep technology and hardware. We recognize that many other investors shy away from hardware and deep tech. And this is specifically one of the reasons why we spend so much time, resources, and capital. We've put together an eight-week program where we work with 10 companies per batch. We provide them access to our global network of mentors, partners, and investors. There is over 125 mentors in the program. They get also content focused on deep tech and on climate tech. And at the end of each program, they join us in London, which is the second largest hub of climate. There's over 5,500 companies only in climate tech in the UK. So I can assure you 
that there is no lack of innovation here in the UK. And next time when you guys also come to London and you do this conference in person, you'll testify to what I'm saying right now. And here in London, we run a four and a half day roadshow where they meet some of the largest investors in the space and also potential customers. I'll give you one example from our previous cohort, just so you can get the flavor of the type of companies that gets us excited. One company is on a mission to decarbonize the steel industry through direct reduction of iron ore using a recyclable reducing agent. The steel industry accounts for over 8% of total greenhouse gases. Actually, for every ton of steel that we produce, we emit two tons of CO2. Think about that. For every ton of steel that we produce, we emit two tons of CO2. So it's quite obvious that we have to find an alternative solution. Their technology requires 50% less energy, reduces the OPEX, the operating expenses by 20%, and, and has 0% direct emissions from the process. So less energy, cheaper to produce, cleaner, greener steel. And I'll mention the obvious, the market of the steel industry is quite massive. It's over one and a half trillion dollars. So this is a company that one, has significant decarbonization potential, but two, it's also a very attractive business case. Finally, um, I, I spoke about you know, innovation and investments and the talent in the space, and also a little bit about myself via Nomea and Climate First, but I wanna say something more broadly. I'm still optimistic about our planet and our ability to cut emissions and reach net zero. The main reason that I'm optimistic is because of the people who are working in this space. It's not gonna be easy to say the least. We're currently emitting 51 billion tons of greenhouse gases every year into the atmosphere. We're emitting greenhouse gases in almost everything that we do in our lives, from how we move around, to the electricity that we use, to the materials in our buildings, to what we eat and how we grow things, and the list goes on. But this transformation of our global economy through innovation is a tremendous opportunity for new startups to disrupt and decarbonize some of the largest industries in our planet. And I'm optimistic because I speak with those founders day and night. I support them in their endeavor to scale their business. And this gives me great hope. So thank you again very much for, for listening in. I'm always very happy to also connect uh, with people who are interested in the space, whether you're an investor or a founder or a policymaker. I'm always very happy to, to connect. And Dylan, thank you very much for having me. If we have time, I'm happy to answer any questions. Hey, Nadal, that was amazing. Thank you. I, I appreciate everything you're doing. Um, and I think you're being humble with really the, the difference you're making. It takes people like you, you know, to support these early stage entrepreneurs and give them the financing to, you know, build that climate technology 
um, especially, you know, that hardware in the hard to abate uh, industries. So appreciate what you're doing. I know that, you know, I've enjoyed watching your journey the past few years and kind of learning about the companies you're working with. And when things kind of get scary and, you know, you kind of looking like, oh man, I don't know how this is going to turn out, you know, hearing from people like you who are so passionate and, and working hard to have a positive impact on the planet, it, it gives me hope and inspiration. So appreciate you being here to everyone tuning in. Um, Nadal has been a really, really important kind of like pushing this event forward. Um, and he's doing a lot of amazing things, you know, both with Nomea Investments the accelerator, the events that he puts together in London. So Nadal, for everyone tuning in, um, how can we, you know, support you and connect with you and connect the, or um, support the companies that you're working with? First of all, thank you very much for the kind words. That's very nice of you. Um, in terms of connecting with me, one option is LinkedIn. I always try to, to be quite responsive. Uh, and the second option is through our website. Uh, whether if you're a founder, you can uh, submit the form uh, or you can just uh, get in touch with us. Awesome. And to everyone uh, tuning in, after this event, we're going to send out websites for everybody, LinkedIn for all the speakers. So if you want to connect with Nadal, which I hope you do, um, I've, I've really enjoyed you know working and speaking and connecting with Nadal these past couple of years. So Nadal, thank you so much for being here, for being our first speaker, for everything you're doing. Um, I'm really glad you're able to kick this off with us and uh, kind of put you know some of those big numbers into perspective, but also giving us that hope you know that things can can uh, turn out better. So appreciate it Nadal. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. My name is Dylan Welch. Appreciate it. As always, stay up to date with the latest information on green.org and dylanwelch.com. Dylan Welch Media is a full-service media and communications agency dedicated to promoting, marketing, and helping businesses in clean tech, renewable energy, and sustainability grow, get more clients, get more customers, get in front of their ideal clientele. If you have any more questions, feel free to reach out. If you're interested in joining the Green Summit, go to www.green-summit.org. Reserve your ticket today. There's very few spots left, so make sure you get on that ASAP. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.